Can you imagine having to check your bed every night for freaking snakes? That'd be scary. Don't you have to check your backyard for crocodiles? Do you? <laughs> Listen, <laughs> you're not wrong. You're not wrong. And welcome back to Romancing the Monsters. I'm M. Hi, I'm S. I'm Seth. And guess who's back? Back again. She is back. She's our <laughs> friend. Hello. Hello. So sorry for that cringeworthy introduction. <laughs> no, that was amazing. Okay. Well, you better think so. You better think so. Um, so, yes, Gabby's back. Welcome, welcome back, G. She's with us this week to talk about about the bridge kingdom and the traitor queen by danielle l chanson um if you listened to our catch up and chill number five uh we mentioned the book the books the books <laughs> the um and we mentioned that we were kind of all reading it and that you yeah. could uh expect us to talk about it and the day has come we're talking about we're it. talking about them we are so let's start with the bridge kingdom let's do a short synopsis and then we can get into what we think of these books which i know that one fourth of this uh quartet did not like the book, the first one, as much as the others. So I'm curious not to throw you under the bus, ass, but to throw you under the bus. <laughs> no, <laughs> shut up. <laughs> Wait, you guys talked about it without me? What? No, 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 no. It's Goodreads. It's Goodreads. Oh. Goodreads gives me the spoilers sometimes. So what did she? What did you rate the first book? Don't. We'll get into it. Go proceed with the blurb. Go. Okay, fine. Go. So the Bridge Kingdom starts off with uh, Laura, who is our main girl. Um, she drugs her sisters after her father comes to visit them in the Red Desert, and that's just where they've been living for, like, the past ten-ish years, maybe more. Um, so basically her and her sister were raised to be weapons, and, uh, the king would choose only one of them, uh, to destroy the Bridge Kingdom, which is another kingdom that has control over, like, the bridge that runs between all the kingdoms, and that means, in, like, they're in charge of, like, transport, of, like, trades and things like that. Um, so... The King Silas just really wants control of the Birch Kingdom. Um, so whoever is chosen um, will marry the king, which we know later on is Arryn. Um, and <laughs> so they are going to be marrying the king, but also they're going to be betraying the king. They're going to bring them down from the inside. Um, so Lara decides to take, uh, you know, matters into her own hands and um, drugs her sisters. Um, they're perceived dead. Um, the place sets a fire because her father was like, we don't, we don't want any loose ends, so I'm just gonna kill everyone that hasn't already dead, like, died because he kind of assassinated, like, the maids, the, the, everyone, basically. Um, anyways, so Laura was just, like, the last resort. She's just the, the person that, um, survived. So she goes, and she is quickly shown to her new husband, um, and they get married quite quickly. Um, 
And it just, the story kind of kicks off from there in, in the sense where she meets Aaron and then she kind of has to, she's been raised, she's been brainwashed to believe like he's like this vile villain. Um, and um, he's also wary towards her because he also can, like he kind of suspects that maybe she's planning to tray, like betray him. Um, and Lara, we know, is there with a mission. She is there to bring down the Bridge Kingdom, and that means bring down Arryn and his people and his, like, he has his sister and, like, literally everyone that she starts to get to know as the book progresses. And then she is slowly kind of seeing that, like, maybe Arryn is in what she was raised to believe. And she kind of has to, like, I guess, divorce the ideas that she has in her head with, like, what she knows versus what she was taught. Um, and she kind of puts things into motion where she kind of can't, uh, take them back. And yeah, that's just the general idea of the Bridge Kingdom, the first one. So what do we think of this book? And since we have a special guest with us, how about you start, G? Or should (laughs) I start since technically I was the first one to read them? You are the matriarch of this series. (laughs) You are. (laughs) Oh my God. Um, okay, I'll keep this brief. Um, I really enjoyed these books. Um, I would say that I enjoyed the second one more, but I thoroughly enjoyed this first book. It's rare, and unfortunately, especially rare as of recent years, that I actually lose myself in a story where it's it's making me just want to keep reading, and I don't mm-hmm. want to put the book down, and I just... I'm so engrossed in what's going on on page and so like interested in these characters and involved emotionally in what's going on that like I just get sucked into it. These books did that for me and this first book even though I didn't like it as much as the second one it managed to really grasp my attention and make me want to read that second book. Like, I do think it's a solid, solid fantasy romance, just this first book, and it sets up so many things, and it makes you really intrigued, and then you get to the end, and you're like, well, fuck, now I gotta read the second book. Ah, yes, that ends. So, so yeah, that's my experience with this first book, Um, but I'll get into more depth later on. How about you, Jay? So um, in the Catch Up and Chill episode, we kind of touched on it a little bit, but I was reading um, The Bridge Kingdom as well as another book, and I completely pushed that book aside and um, like gave my full attention to Bridge Kingdom because it's just that good. Like I really enjoyed it so much so that I was like, forget this other book. And um, it was a Catherine Moon book, which, as you guys know, I'm obsessed we with know her right now. <laughs> so I literally was like, I don't even, I can't. I need my full attention on Bridge Kingdom. And like March said, like, it is such a solid, solid fantasy romance. Yeah. Um, I, it just, the maturity, well, we'll talk about that later. But like, the maturity of the characters, like, it didn't feel like, I was reading a YA fantasy, like the decisions yeah. that the characters made, like you could understand where they're coming from, like oh, yeah. as adults. And like, I don't know, it just really honestly swept me away. Just like um, M said, like I, I was, ju- I don't know, it took me somewhere else and I really enjoyed it. And something important for me um, is, 
this is a series where fantasy romance really applies. Like, I feel like some fantasy yeah. romance books are very heavy on the romance part of it. And it's kind of just a romance set in, you know, a fantasy-ish world, which nothing wrong with that. I love those as well. And then you have, you know, fantasy novels that have a little bit of romance in them. Um, this is truly a fantasy romance to me. Like, the it's equal parts romance and fantasy, which sometimes I crave. Like, when I read those very romance-heavy fantasy novels i'm like oh i just wish there was just like a little bit more plot and like mm -hmm. you know i wish this fantasy world was a little bit more de developed and this gave me all of that yeah. for yeah. sure i would agree i agree with that as well um although like i feel like the only thing that's really fantasy about this is that it's just a made-up world like it's a yeah. myth like yeah, myth yeah, yeah, yeah. mythological yeah, yeah. world there's no like creatures um, uh, yeah, yeah yeah so like if that's what you're going into when you're reading this book just expect that it's literally just humans and like their problems uh in a yeah. fantasy world yeah. um so for me personally um it took me a while to get into the first book the bridge kingdom and i don't know what it was like i was into it at the beginning where like we experienced laura like it seems like she assassinated her sisters um but then like it kind of hit a lull for me but then after a little bit i just like it started picking up and then like the story started like getting more intense more layers were added um and I really, really enjoyed this book. And um, I guess we'll talk about it later. But, like, the ending, like, the whole big climax of, like, the betrayal, like, the inevitable betrayal. We knew from the beginning what was going to happen. Um, that really reeled me in to the point where, like Marge said, I couldn't – I had to pick up the second book right away. And I just didn't stop reading. I sat on my couch. I'm not even supposed to be talking about book two yet. But I just sat on my couch and I didn't even move. I only got up to, like – use the bathroom and maybe eat and drink water that was it I didn't do anything um so safe to say this both books uh really uh captured my attention and I couldn't put either of them down s <laughs> dun 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 <laughs> <laughs> okay don't hate me um it's fucking boring and it sucks <laughs> yo she didn't say no <laughs> oh my god <laughs> Okay, so um, the Bridge Kingdom. Did you see both ratings or just one? Just one. Just okay. the first book. Um, should I say? A, should I? Should I talk about in regards to both books or just the Bridge Kingdom? Just the Bridge just Kingdom. Just this first one. Okay, Bridge Kingdom. Um, it was an okay read for me. It, How many stars? One, two? No, three. Two point five. Oh, okay. Three. No, <laughs> it it wasn't a bad story. It's just I didn't connect with the characters or the story as much as I wanted to. Um, but I think it, it's a situation where it's me, not you. Yeah, okay. Mm. And then I kind of blame it a little bit with me getting sick during that time. Mm. Um, mm -hmm. It's just my mind was wasn't... Was that when you, you were reading The Bridge Kingdom or The Chitter Queen? Okay, it was The Bridge Kingdom. No, it was when I was reading The Bridge Kingdom. Yeah, like, it, it's just, it didn't do anything for me. Um... Like, I, like, okay, so, like, the betrayal portion of it, um, I don't know what I was expecting, but, um, it, it didn't do anything for me. It just, what? it didn't, it, it was didn't ripping know. my heart out. But I think I expected the betrayal or the way, um, Aaron found out about it, like, I expected it to be a little bit different. Okay. How, like, how did you expect it to happen? Okay, because there was a portion of the book where, they go to a different city and yeah. she's dressed up as a guy and he's kind of like hunting her down like 
to see what she's going to do. Mm-hmm. But yeah. he already suspects that she's going to do something. And then she kind of like backs away from her going to like. Isn't that great though? It didn't do anything for me. So I mean, <laughs> I don't know. That scene was, I, my heart was racing. I know. When he like notched the arrow. Yeah. It was like teasing you with what could happen. You know it's coming. And so you're expecting it. And you know it's inevitable. And you have that scene where he's, Aaron is suspecting that it might be a thing. And you're like, oh shit, is she going to do it? And then she doesn't do it, obviously, because mentally and emotionally, she's already, you know, decided that she wasn't, she wasn't going to do that. Yeah. Um, and so it makes him believe she's not going to do that, which is true. But then things happen anyway, which is like, it just, ugh, I love it. I know. I just expected the the betrayal part of it to kind of take hold and be like, oh my god, like. But I I guess I was I was expecting it and it just it just didn't do anything. See, I knew. I think I, I don't know if you girls picked it up, but like I knew the moment when she counted the exact same pages that there's still one missing because he wrote that letter and he hit it, and I was like, okay, that's why. Yeah, but that's a question of mine though. Like she counted and all the papers were there. Yeah. So what happened? Because um, I think at the top of it, there was one where like um, something about like it was just like a fake letter or something. Hold on. How did it happen again? So she had like t- something like 26. Yeah. Like, it was a pile of 26. But yeah. Like, okay. And then she wrote on one. Yeah. And then. But didn't she have that like invisible ink thing? So she never mm-hmm. actually yeah. wrote on one. It was still yeah, yeah, an empty yeah. page. It was it was there. Yeah. It was an yeah. empty page. And then he wrote on it his letter, which he sent. But then later on, when she counted, there were still twenty. But didn't he just start the letter though? The letter was was started. So he had written a letter out, but he didn't finish. And so she went in, counted the pages, and then ended up destroying the paper with the ink and blamed it on the cat. So th- yeah. that that to me just kind of didn't make sense. So we're... I mean, it did for me at least because like she thought she was in the clear, and it was just like for like we knew as like the reader that she wasn't in the clear, and like I don't know, like that was just like it was stressful from the beginning. Like when she started, like did he send that letter though? The one that yeah. was the ruined letter? Yeah, he did. He sent it when he was telling the king to fuck himself because he was over it. And he's like, I'm, like, keeping Lara because I love her and she's mine. She's with us. She's changed sides. Not knowing he gave away all the plans to his kingdom. Yeah. That's how the the king was uh, able to invade. Yeah. he That's where he knew where to invade. But, yeah, no. That's, I feel like the whole plot of, like, the invisible ink was very um, smart in the sense where, like, they know, like, if the Kana was like, they're very good with um, picking up codes and things like that on like their letters. I mean, like it was exciting that they had the invisible ink, but I also kind of was like, are you not going to check for something like this? I don't know. Right. But I just found like, I don't know. I just, I was just like stressed the whole book. That's all I want to say. I was just stressed. Because I, <laughs> I was definitely this stressed. Invisible ink is going to be there, you know? Yeah. All right. So are, are you done, Ass, or do you have. I will say that I did love one character like a lot, which was the grandma. I knew you were gonna yes. say that. I fucking love the grandma. <laughs> I love grandparents in books. I and this grandma was just. I wish there was a little bit more of her throughout both both books, but I loved her. I I, I love how cunning 
She is, and she's not a kind grandma, and that's great. She was yeah. not kind at all, and like she, okay, rightfully so. She never <laughs> gave Lara a chance, and I understand why. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, she was just such a bitch. Like, can she just like fall but off? That's funny. The she's like, a grandma. She's like eighty no. years old. She's allowed to be a fucking bitch. You she's know, great. she's, she's old as dirt. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and like she had, she has a very interesting background. Yeah, she was one of the harem wives. Yeah, I. But you see it more in the second book for sure. So you know, I think it explains her attitude and like she's only like that with everyone else besides Aaron. like he's not she's you know a grandma with him more or less yeah <laughs> yeah i don't know i think it's interesting and i love her and i love grandparents and romance novels they're Same. meddlesome as fuck especially when they take over like a parental role um yeah um speaking of characters how did you feel about lara and Aaron as leads in the first book at least a plus. Love them. The thing with like Laura, um okay, here's the thing. I actually think that she shines more than Aaron. One hundred percent in both yes, books. Like, I agree. She is the star of the show. One hundred percent. She's great. Yeah, Don't get me wrong. That. Love to have him, but like it's her it's it's her story. And sometimes I'm like, how do you um authors and like I say that from, you know, as a aspiring writer myself like it must be so difficult to write a heroine that's more intelligent than you and like I don't mean that as like offensive towards uh Danielle Al Jensen like I'm sure she's a very smart woman but like (laughs) sometimes like these are like assassins that like would know like shit that like us we wouldn't know right regular folks are you kidding the yeah the amount of genius in this book with Laura and her plans like just for like, sorry, I'm cutting you off, but like, just the idea of her learning how to swim because she knows she right? needed to escape, oh, and like the way part. she went about it, it's like, girl, you're so smart. Yeah, love it. Like, there's so many characters here that are very smart. I mean, I don't, I don't know if this is touching more on the second book or what, but like, she's this assassin who supposedly, you know, killed all her sisters and, you know, is outsmarting everyone. But something as simple for me, anyway, as swimming is her downfall. Like, I love that they she gave her a weakness so simple. And mm-hmm. it makes sense because she grew up her entire life in a desert. So she would have never had the opportunity to learn how to swim. And here she is being sent off to islands that are surrounded by water. I don't know. Like, I'm glad that she had a weakness and that she wasn't this, like, superhero heroine. Like, I love that human side of her, too. Yeah. And didn't Oren have, like, the little similar type of weakness like he didn't know how to ride a horse or the donkey or a camel was it a camel <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah oh that was yeah. cute the second book that he just he didn't know how to ride a camel he's like what the hell do i do that's true i forgot about that i mean it wasn't like as life-threatening as yeah. like not knowing exactly. how to swim when you're in the middle of the ocean but you know yeah but that was so well done like her anxiety during those scenes yeah. of like you can feel it like sort of coming in and you know like she's sort of struggling because she's thinking like no i like i have a mission i there's things i need to be on the lookout for and i need to be focused but at the same time her brain is like no 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 water 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 (laughs) and the sharks that are trained to eat humans yeah those sharks not loving them they were scary and like i know like you know they can't help it sharks are animals they're just they're in the water you know you can't help it you're in shark infested water but like they damn they were so scary and the snake snake island oh my gosh the amount of anxiety yeah. i felt 
first when Arin was running um, to get to that entrance to the bridge, and second, in the second book, when Lara was, like, running because she felt like she had no other choice. And I'm like, girl, you're going to get eaten by a snake. I'm stressed. You're stressed. And snake's in the bed. Like, what the heck is this? They're was... stressed, probably. <laughs> the snakes are stressed. stressed. Yeah, I know. Um, and the snakes in the bed, yeah. I, I don't know um, if I'd like to Can live. Can you imagine having to check your bed every night for freaking snakes? That'd be scary. Don't you have to check your backyard for crocodiles, G? <laughs> Listen, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. Uh, but yeah, no, you see alligators like on the side of the road here and stuff. Like it's totally it's normal. normal. It's like a bunny. It's normal. Bunny on the side of the road. A bun. Let me. Th- can I be honest with you? A bunny on the side of the road is rarer than an alligator on the side of the road. Well, we actually have coyotes in this area, so I mean. I think the worst here is probably like a raccoon. <laughs> yeah, because you guys are so far up north, everything would freeze to death. <laughs> okay, shut up. We're not in the Arctic. Well, I mean, maybe a moose or two. Like, I gotta say, my, my friends, the moose could probably... Uh, <laughs> the moose. Know. I live in an igloo, eh? Your your house is in an igloo? Your house. <laughs> yeah. Um. Anyway, so we've kind of started talking about the world. Um. How do you feel about this world? Because personally, this whole idea of Ithikana is essentially like a, a small island country-esque type of thing that's in the middle of the ocean. And this world, it's like, it's very, yeah, like it's treacherous. Like you can't actually go by boat around this island like you have to go through this bridge and the bridge is more like a tunnel type of thing you go inside the bridge and this and it's like days long oh yeah yeah. it's like it takes i think it's even weeks long yeah because it's like so the bridge goes from one continent i guess you could say to another continent and then ithikana is kind of in In the the middle. middle of that and so they have hold over this bridge. Um, how do you? How did you feel about that? Because I thought it was so interesting, and like the questions that it brought up of like you know trade wars and like who's gonna hold power over this thing, and like all the kingdoms are kind of fighting over this one bridge because like everyone has to go through it. Um, how did you feel about that whole concept? But okay, quick question: the bridge yeah. wasn't magical and magical whatsoever no i feel like there was like a moment where i was just like oh that's probably like a magical bridge or something no i mean it was just (laughs) it's just so prized among everyone because like em said everyone wants it because of like you know whoever has it they're in charge of like taxes and like selling goods at the market like they're in charge of so many things i thought of the bridge as think of it this way like central america like it connects yeah. South and yeah. North America, and without this bridge, there's no way you can get from either end. I was just gonna answer S's question because I think the bridge itself is not magical. Um, I think what you were like, oh, because it felt a little hidden. Um, all the entrances are hidden. Like you can't actually. Go- People aren't allowed to go inside the bridge. Uh, without like a blindfold like they can't Mm -hmm. see where they're going so that they can't see how to enter and exit this bridge uh, which is all part of the plan but also they had this like country that was hidden away like they do have like a full-on country that nobody knows about and nobody knows how to Um, get there like Aaron 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 Aaron
Um, and Lara, I think, was the only individual, like, known individual that was allowed in the bridge. And even then, yeah. she had to be She blindfolded. had to be blindfolded the whole time, actually, the first time. Yeah. Um, it took a while for him to allow her to go in there. I so. mean, okay, so, sorry, Marsh. To answer your question, I thought it was really well-developed. I was really, like, interested in terms of, like, the different kingdoms. Like, I actually felt like I was aware of them and like I kind of understood like the difference like the differences between them like is it Maradrina is Maradrina yeah Maradrina is her the her father's kingdom she's like she thinks that Arin is serving her people as she's like going into like his kingdom she sees them like dying and like begging for food and like later on as she like starts to discover things she realizes it's her father that's denying them food because he would rather have um weapons um so just like those little ideas and like little tidbits of like what the kingdom is actually like and all that I was struggling more so with like what it looked like because I felt like the map in the first book kind of wasn't like complete I don't know oh well I mean yeah it's better in the second book but the the map was very helpful to me to like picture it because I I I was having the hardest time I don't know I feel like it was it complete Anyways, all I know is just I couldn't understand what the heck this thing looked like. Um, but I figured it out in the second one. Thank you. Uh, thank you. She's Please. showing the map. Thank you. <laughs> For listeners that cannot see. Can, can't I wonder see. if this is online. So I uh, yeah, it probably is, yeah. It, it is in is. color. And that's what really helped mm, me. That's what I need. I it's need in the color. ebook as well. Yeah. Like if you download the, the sample or something. Yeah. And if you have, I believe, the hardcover of The Birch Kingdom and The Traitor Queen, it's on the inside, on the hardback. I think the map in the second book is the same one, just zoomed out a little bit more. If oh, I'm well, I all correct. I know is I understood it more once I looked at the second one and when I looked at it in color. G no, is, it's uh, actually the same right exact. Now. Okay, so Shut up, G. Can you just let me live? <laughs> <laughs> Proving you're wrong constantly. Love to see it. <laughs> well, speaking of, um, you know, things not being as they seem, um, I was so heartbroken when, so when she was dressed, I think it's when she was dressed as like a guy and they were back in Marjorina. And she heard the people say, like, yeah, no, we were dressed, like, we were paid to, to be act there. like that towards you, to be like, oh, my God, you're a godsend, blah, 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 blah. I, was, I felt so bad, so bad for Laura. My heart broke because, like, of how far her father would take things. And it's just, like, she honestly thought, like, she the was the savior of her people. Like, she really genuinely thought she's saving her people. There's so many instances of that happening in the book where, you know, she starts off with this, like, grand idea of her kingdom and it's, like, chipped away little by little until, like, at the end, she's just left with nothing. Like, at the end of this novel, like, she's just, all she got left is herself, period. Because, like, think about it. For years, she's forced to believe this sort of, like, narrative on, like, this group of people and then... You know, she's, like, fed all of this information and all this, like, fake proof. And then all of a sudden, like, each of it, like you said, is being chipped away from her. And, like, she's left with really nothing. And it's just, like, imagine trying to see the other side or, like, see a truth that you thought was a lie. I just feel like, I don't know, I felt for Lara's character so much despite her, I guess, quote-unquote, being a villain um, for these people. And I just, like, 
I don't know her character. I think it's it's kind of beautiful the arc that she goes on because she's she, like I said she starts off kind of broken but with a purpose. Yeah. And then that evolves through the story and then she ends kind of broken but with a purpose but Again, this time around it's yeah. a real good pur- purpose and yeah, not just like exactly. a fake purpose. her blinders are off yeah i have one point to make and without getting too political when seth was um making the point that she just made again without getting too political i feel like a lot of people could read laura's story and uh it's very relevant that's all I'm going to say. No, yeah, I can see. I can see. Um, but I didn't even realize the hurt, like the point that you made, M, of how she literally started one way and then finished the same way, but not better. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Like she was on the right path. She started off not on for the, the right with path. the wrong yeah. intentions. And well, yeah. well the, the right intentions, the wrong reasons. Right. If that makes sense. Yeah. Like she, she didn't know the truth mm-hmm. and i think it, you can also look at it in a way that she started the book off thinking she'll be a savior but in the end she ended up yeah. being the villain the cause of a lot of death yeah and like the ithacanian people like getting them to trust her was really hard for her and like she tried to do everything she could and like she finally started gaining some of their trust when she started being a healer um for their people okay so, um, can we, in, in order to segue into the betrayal, I feel like we should first start about, uh, talk about the romance. Yeah, no, of course. How do you feel about the romance in this book? Did you like it? Did you not? It was... I hated it. You hated it? I hated it. <laughs> oh, I was like, wait, for real? No, are you kidding? <laughs> the sarcasm was too good. I, Yeah. For real. I might have an unpopular opinion, but when I look back, when I like zoom out a little and see the overall picture, I understand. But while I was reading it, I wanted there to be just a little more romance. Just a little. Like it was good, but like I just wanted a little, just a little like smidged more. Um in the beginning. Cause obviously, like towards the end of the book, like things happen and and that romance does pick up, but um, I just, like, in the beginning, I just wanted, like, just a little more, but then again, like I said, when you look at the big picture, I understand why it was the way that it was. Obviously, they're enemies. They can't just love each other up, like, one, two, three. No, and they have so many walls up, and, like, Lara wasn't being who she actually is, and um, she was hiding a lot of things, and so was he at the time, too. It was okay. This book was just okay for me. Like, the romance. I wish I would have felt what you girls felt towards the romance. But it just... It was okay, you know? Yeah, I mean, like, I can see why you would say that. I do feel like, like, G as well, that I kind of wanted more in this book. And obviously, like, I read this book not reading the second book. Um, So I can see why, you know, you wanted more romance. And for me, I think... The romance, like, really shone or shined, I don't know what the proper term is, in the second book. And obviously we'll talk about it differently um, then, but, right? Shone, shined, I don't know. Shun, shun. Shun. Shone. Shone. Shine. (laughs) Shone. 
Well, this is not a grammar podcast. (laughs) You're not here for grammar. Anyways, (laughs) that being said, talking about the first book, I, I liked how their story started. And that's what this book was. It was the start of their story. Um, yeah. In terms of their romance, because they weren't themselves with one another yet, and yeah, it was just the start of their romance, and I thoroughly enjoyed it. Their sex scene was off the charts, great, loved it. I think that some tropes are exciting when you think about pairing them, but they are actually quite difficult to execute together. And I think that enemies to lovers and arranged marriage are two tropes that you want to see together, but they are actually very hard to pair in a believable way. And I think that this book did the best that it could. Did it completely succeed? Maybe not. I do think like from memory that when I was reading, there were like a couple things that I was like, maybe this is not like, you know, as strong as it could be, but I think she did the best that she could in in combining those two tropes um, that I for sure have read in other books that were not done yeah, very well. Course. Where it's like, yeah, no, those two people would it, like the it don't make sense. Okay, um, so she did put into place that whole like, oh, fifteen years prior we had this war and we we came to this understanding that like she would marry the blah, blah, blah. so she made it work. Um, but like you said, I think I see this as their beginning, but for me, the real heavy lifting on the emotional side of things of this romance is done in book two. I guess. When they have been torn apart by circumstances and now they have to really work to get back, you know? Yeah. And I couldn't figure out how that could happen. And okay, so... We're, we keep going around the betrayal, but let's actually talk about it. Yeah. So basically betrayal, what happens... Betrayal! Betrayal! <laughs> um, so what happens is um, we, we already said that Laura writes on the paper. She thought she got rid of all the invisible ink papers. Um, she didn't. And Aaron sends a letter to her father using that same paper. And sadly, everyone... Uh, you know, goes through the bridge and, like, kills people. And anyways, we find out that her sister, is it Marilyn? Is that her name? Yeah. Anyways, so she is working with her father. Like, her father realizes that, you know, the sisters are alive. That bitch was crazy. So crazy. She honestly thought, like, what, she's going to be, like, queen or whatever? I don't know. Yeah, anyways. Okay. So she decides to attack um, Ithacana, obviously. She makes it into the kingdom, and she's going to kill Arryn. And then she decides to, you know, you know, kind of reveal the betrayal and tells him everything about, like, Lara's plans with the invisible ink and how, like, their father invaded because of her and all these people are going to die because of her. Um, and so basically his people are dying because of the woman he loves. Um, and that's their betrayal, and he tells her to get gone, or he's gonna kill her, and she goes. What's interesting is that this betrayal is actually even more layered than that. Like, it's quite intricate and complex when you think about it, because it doesn't just involve them, and obviously it doesn't just involve their kingdom, because Karis, Laura's brother mm-hmm. was involved in this without his knowing. Yes. So I'm yeah. excited to see the repercussions of that because 
He participated like in the invasion itself without knowing that he that's what know. he was doing. He, was, he thought he was going off to university. Yeah. Um, is it Har- Harendale? Harendale? Something Harendale. like that, yeah. Arendelle. Anyways, because he had sir, like soldiers on his boat and he not realizing that they're actually there to... Wait, hold on. Did I miss something? No, it, they did mention it was her brother on the the boat that was crossing. They gave um, access to it. They're like, yeah, you can cross this these waters. You can go. Um, and he didn't, I don't think he, yeah, you said he wasn't aware of. He, he yeah. didn't know. He wasn't aware that he was in there to so he wasn't actually going to university. And take over the bridge. I did not know that. I mean, <laughs> it's, it's in part why he's so mad at. His father, I mean, he didn't right. like his father to begin with, and he was always planning on, like, you know, ruining the old men. But I think this participated in, in that, like, it added to it because he was like, What yeah. the fuck? <laughs> like, I do not condone these, uh, you know, yeah. choices. So, especially not because uh, his girl is from the kingdom that, um, you know, I can't that's wait. interesting. Uh, yeah. How did you feel about the betrayal? Um, I was having a mental effing breakdown the entire time. <laughs> um, Marge can attest to that. Can I? Yeah, I was sending you voice messages. You don't remember? She's not going to remember like she didn't remember we bonded over a Court of Thorns and Roses. She's still bitter about that. No, she def- technically she really doesn't. I actually just went back through our messenger chat. Yeah, we I sent we were sending each other voice messages back and forth. And I was like, Marge, I don't want to read it because I know what's happening. I know what's oh. coming. I, it was literally impending doom. Yeah. Like yeah. that betrayal was impending doom because um the us as the reader, we knew what was happening. We knew what was coming, which made it I mean, depending on how you look at it, the best thing ever and also the worst thing ever. Um, because you're reading through it and they're like kind of in this honeymoon phase and it's like, uh, no, <laughs> slap, please. Like, you know what's coming. Remember the papers? No, nobody wants to remember the papers. Are you sure you don't want to remember the papers? Because we remember the yeah, papers. Yeah, let's go back. Baby, don't send the letter. <laughs> yeah. So like it, I literally, <laughs> I remember like reading it, like when I open like this, like, like. Because I obviously have to get through this book, but, like, you know what's coming, and it's, oh, boy. It delivered, I will say. I Mm -hmm. love the way, I love that it was the sister that attacked first. Yeah. I love the way it was done, and, like, I don't know, it was was amazing. I I really loved it. I love the angst that what actually gave away all, everything was actually a letter from Aaron, who was, like, I ain't sending her back. She's mine now. I know. Like, it just added to it. Because it wasn't like a, a, like a fuck you to the father. It was like, no, no, no. He was accepting this relationship and, like, yes. actually wanting to move forward with it and being like, yeah. fuck your plans, yeah. old men. But I just, I loved how it was, like, love and deception. Like, one side was love, one side was deception. And ooh. Yeah. Yep. For me, um, I'm going to take a one step further. So, okay, for me... <laughs> what he okay so the whole book up until a certain point when they went when he went to show her the truth of like what's actually going on he was waiting for the uh, that other shoe to drop he was waiting for that betrayal to happen and once he uncovers that she does plan to betray him like he figures out she's a spy she's there for this and this and this reason um he chooses to forgive her at that point he's like you know what i forgive you it's fine 
Um, you weren't aware. You didn't know. Exactly. Um, and she doesn't really tell her tell him sorry about the papers because she thinks, you know what? It's destroyed. It's done. So he thinks, you know, we're we're in bliss. We've reached, you know, our happiness. We're together. We're that's it. We're done. So he wasn't expecting this betrayal at all because he fully he went all in. He was all in in this relationship. He did, and at the same time, he didn't. I feel like both of them, through this first book, yes, they wanted this relationship. I think they got to a point where they wanted the relationship and had a resemblance of it. But I feel like both were still holding back in part because yeah, no, of course. because of duty. And that's why I feel like their romantic arc actually pans out really well in the end because duty was looming over both of them. And because yeah. they both lose the one thing that is so important to them and that is holding them back from fully giving in to this relationship, it's taken away. Which means they start book two at the bottom of the pit. <laughs> you know? No, of course. Yeah. Which allows them to actually appreciate one another for who they are fully because they got nothing to lose anymore type of thing like duty is obviously a thing but you know he doesn't have his fucking kingdom anymore like it's fucking ruined and she doesn't have anything she's lonely and you know drunk half the time so you know it's just I, i i i think it's really well done in that in that sense no i agree and um yeah what i meant was like they were all in in that relationship they wanted it um yeah but yeah, um, so yeah. Sadly, he tries to defend his people and his kingdom, but he gets captured um, by the end of the story. And do you want to get into the second book, or you want to talk Wait, about Lost um, Game S- a more? Um, so you said you didn't like, uh, or I, you expected more for the betrayal. Um, question: Do you usually like betrayal in books, or? I do, and I think I, I've just come to realize that when it comes to betrayal, I want to be shocked. I don't want to. Ah, I don't want to oh, expect it. That makes sense. I don't. Sense. I don't like expecting it because if it's, if I know as a reader, betrayal is coming, I'm just like, okay, a betrayal is coming, and then it happens, and then it's just okay. I want to be shocked. Mm. Like I want to be like, <gasps> I can so picture you be like putting your book down and being like that motherfucker. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so that's. That's, I think, one of the reasons I can see that. why I guess the betrayal is just it didn't do anything for me. You know, I yeah. wasn't. At, okay. I want to be as excited about it or as like shocked yeah. like you girls, but it just it didn't happen. Sadly, it didn't happen. You know. Are you the type of reader that becomes like emotionally detached when like you know your feelings are gonna get hurt? Like, are you like? I don't know how to explain it, but, like, if you know something's happening, like, this betrayal was going to happen, are you the type of person that kind of, like... Like, you, you know, didn't get attached in the first place. Yeah. Like, do you know. try not to get, into, like, attached? I think it depends on the book. That's a good point, okay. Stephanie. I would have never thought of that. Yeah, no, I told myself going in, I'm not going to get attached because, like, I, I feel like this betrayal is going to be intense. I didn't listen to past Sephira, and I got attached, and it hurt a lot, so... Uh, yeah, so I feel like... I guess there's two kinds of betrayal plots. The one that's supposed to shock you and then the one that's like you're dreading it the whole way through. And just listening to some of um, Danielle's uh, live, Instagram live, like it sounds like she's someone who really values tension in a book. So I feel like that's probably why she went with like the dreading part of it because it adds to the tension 
of the novel so i feel like it it makes sense it's a choice and personally i like both (laughs) yeah i don't mind um either i actually like both all right anything else um as far as the story maybe like scenes you want to mention uh oh how did you feel about the sex scene how about like how how did we not talk about that there's sex in this book by the way i said i liked it i think you're gonna have to uh refresh my memory because the only scene that i kind of remember was where she drugged him and then she no. goes in and then <laughs> like tries to seduce then... him it wasn't that I scene, love that scene it was, i know it wasn't i know it wasn't that scene but that's what i remember of them being like intimate i don't remember the other part yeah the how to describe part. it to me wasn't it like after um they decided that they were gonna like actually try this out and like you know he thinks you know no betrayals are gonna happen like he's like all in at that point and like they decide to have sex and like that's great there's a snake in the bed but it ain't the snake you're thinking of <laughs> hey. <Hey-o. laughs> um so an interesting tidbit on that one is um obviously it's not like extremely smutty it's you know it's on page but it's not like the most descriptive thing i've ever read and uh what the author said on that front was that when she was writing ya before and she wanted to make a switch to adult romance fantasy romance and so um she was very aware when she was writing this book that her fan base was ya she was pulling back from giving as much details as she wanted for that reason to not like shock those readers too much and allow herself to create like a new fan base of new fans that were coming in purely for this book. Um, But she did say that, you know, now she's writing book three and she's like, well, if you're reading book three, it's because you liked what you got before. So she is now planning on adding more. And making it more descriptive because, you know, the people that didn't like it, they're gone. Yeah. We can expect more smut in book three. Is there only one in the duet or is there more? No, there's two. There's one in book one and one in book two. Oh, the one in book two killed me. It wrecked me. Are we ready to move on to book two? I guess. We keep talking about book two, book two. The Traitor Queen. No, I I can't do, I can't do an English accent. The Traitor Queen. Uh, obviously, it is the follow-up to Arin and Lara's story. Um, you know, as we've said, book t- uh, one ends with Lara. Um, you know, she's kind of drunk most of the day. She's lost everything. She's, you know, off in another country because, you know, she was exiled from uh, Ithikana with reason because they were going to fucking kill her. Um <laughs> So she's left with nothing. Arin has been captured by Mardri- uh, the, the king of Mardrina. And she hears about it. She goes to his sister. And she's like, I have to do something. I will find him. And this is where book two begins. Yep. Actually, can I just read really quick the last sentence? Because, okay, so she's talking to... um. Arin's sister Anna, and she says, "You need me because I am the queen of Ithacana, and I'm. And it's time my father was brought to his knees." Cut to book two, and this girl ends up in a dungeon because they're literally. They said, "F you, (laughs) go to the dungeon." Yeah, you're you're the queen. Okay, to the dungeon. Okay, uh, brief summary of the book. 
perhaps? Yeah, so as I said, this book starts off with Lara in the dungeon. Arn is also in the dungeon. He's captured by Margarina. Um, his kingdom has fallen, and the bridge is no longer in Ithacana's possession. Um, he People try to rescue him, and he watches each of them die miserably. Um, and Lara uh, decides, well, Anna decides to listen to Lara. And Lara's plan is to get Anna married to the prince in Heart. Arendale, Herondale. Anyways, winning their allegiance um, while she goes to her sisters and she finds her sister Serena or Serena. How do you pronounce Serena? Mm. Um, living a good life. She's preggers. Yeah. She has a husband. She's living a great life. I want her also, story. Same. I want her story so badly. Like her and her guy sound so cute. Yeah. Um, anyway, she meets up with a few other sisters. Aaron actually finally meets Karis. Who we know is Laura's brother. He is. Uh, he helps Arn realize that the harem wives, so like the King Silas of Mardrina, has a harem of women, and Arn realizes that they're willing to help him. Um, so he decides to use that, you know, that outlet, and yeah. So basically, Lara decides to step foot in Marjorina and get her man back um and I love the wife goes after her husband trope yeah love it and just the way it was done that scene is probably one of my favorite scenes of the of the duet which scene I agree the whole book (laughs) (laughs) the whole book was great do we I mean if you don't want to have okay let's let's wait till this half is done and then yeah I just want to say a little bit more and then I'm done but I just want to say so one of the harem wives is Coraline yes and um so she finds the sisters because they've all uh, like got to the city at that point and they formulate a plan get them out and um Arn is reluctant to go with Lara because of the past betrayal and um they have a plan to go to Valcotta, which is another kingdom, to get their allegiance after losing it in the first book um, because of Laura's advice. Um, anyways, things happen. Arn is still very much hateful towards Laura. Laura is very much hating herself and feeling overwhelmed with grief and guilt. Um, and they just have to get Ithacana and the bridge back. And that's kind of where the story goes with this one. So how... Did you like the Traitor Queen? Let's start with S. I I agree. We should start with S. Are you sure? Oh, God. Oh, God. (laughs) She hated it. What, did you give this one a two? Um, Copy and paste book one to book two. Really? Hmm. Yeah. I'm so sad. Well, okay, elaborate. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Okay, so I don't think it's the book itself because I did read, I have read other stuff recently, and it's all yeah. very meh to me. Mm. Um, okay. I recently read a book. I don't even want to say it, but I recently read a book, and is I, it was an anticipated read, and it just it, it didn't oh, do flat. it. So I think it's just a me thing. It's not okay. the book. The book is good. The writing is good. It's just I there was no connection for me. Mm. Okay. G, you go next. What you think of the Trader Queen? Amazing, even better than the first one. Ten out of ten. I mean, Academy Award. Just never seen it before. Right. <laughs> give it an Emmy. Whatever award books get, give it to a them. Pulitzer. It was right. 
I have to, because I, 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 there's details I got to talk about. We'll get to it when we get to those sections, but it just, it was amazing. It was flat out just amazing. Wholeheartedly agree with your opinion. I honestly would give this book like 100%. Like it was just perfection, A++++. Um, like the angst, I honestly, okay, like I said, with this book, I just, I read it all in one shot. I couldn't put it down. And like the angst, the pain, like, you know, phantom heartache syndrome, I felt it. Like, I honestly felt like something was wrong with my chest, how much I was feeling it. Because like, the pain, like, I think I've mentioned in another, in our podcast anniversary, didn't do it with an Italian accent this time, in that, um, as you'd ask, which character do you want to, like, get to know? Or like, which one do you want to go to dinner with? And I said, Lara, partly because of her character, I guess, journey in this book, I felt like she was very much broken and like she just was so hard on herself and like obviously she's guilty for what she's done like she felt the guilt and like it just like it broke my heart and I think what also hurt me yes was the romance but I think it was like her character and like how she didn't feel like as like a person anymore she just didn't care she wanted the Ithacanan people to be safe she didn't care about herself and that's what really killed me in this book and it hurts so much to think that like this once strong woman feels so broken down and so ruined yeah and she doesn't care if she lives or dies and that's what was tragic for me but it's also what makes it so good you know yes yes exactly it's a redemption story and i love that it's a woman going on this redemption story uh redemption arc because you know oftentimes it's like it's the guy that you know f's up and then he has to do the work yeah but here it's a woman and she's going off to rescue her husband and she's like i'm gonna get this back for him because I love him so much and I love his people and I will give him that and it doesn't matter if it means that then I'll have to go and never see him again. I What matters is that he's he's back where he started because it's all my fault type of thing. I feel like your voice cracked a little bit. <laughs> what? No. <laughs> I'm crying I'm over like, here. Oh my gosh, she's about to cry right now. <laughs> no. No. Um, it's just cracked because it's been an hour. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I fucking loved this book. Fucking loved it. And it just gave me all the emotions. Um, I cried at the end. She sounds like she's going to cry again as you're right. Yeah, right, yeah. It's just because it's been an hour, guys. My voice is tired. (laughs) (laughs) Listener, she's getting very emotional right now. So emotional. Her eyes are glassy. So emotional. Um, yeah, so... So yeah, I, I I cried at the end. Um, it was it was great. I wanted to cry at the end. Why didn't I cry? I bawled. Oh my gosh. I'm dead inside, you guys. I think it's just I'm dead inside. Okay, fine. <laughs> I just wanted to say I bawled my eyes out, and I haven't cried in a book for so long. I think the last one was Kingdom of Ash. No, not Kingdom of Ash. Empire of Storms. Um. Okay. Let's get into the beginning of the. the wait. Did everyone say what they thought? No, Steph, you didn't. Did you? See, again, she forgets me. What the <laughs> hell? Am I just top liver? Gee, I think you're taking my spot over in the podcast at this point. I'll just sign off. Bye, everyone. Never. It was nice oh, knowing never. you. I'm the fun aunt. I'm the fun aunt who pops in here and there. And apparently I'm the hateful sister. I won't forget you, Seth. Thanks, S. Um. Okay, let's get into, you know, the scenes that we want to discuss. Because I do feel like this novel is, like, essentially, if you want to, like... 
you know, a rough summary. It's Aaron is in struggle. Laura saves him. Laura is, you know, struggling. Aaron saves her. It's back and forth like that the whole novel. And you would think that that would get old, but actually I, I just had it. so much fun. Like the heartache, man. I'm a huge like action movie fan. Like it set me up with a good like superhero assassin avengers assemble but it's like literally assemble. literally <laughs> literally i was and her sisters were so i awesome. ate that scene up and especially there is nothing more i love in like a Okay, my voice is getting weird now. See? <laughs> we're all crying. Drink some water. <laughs> There's nothing more I love than badass women who also use their sensuality to, like, fight crime and shit. I love it. They go in there as, like, these seductive, like, belly dancers. And little does anyone know, they're there to kill a bitch. They're here to kill a motherfucker. I love it. Yes. And that's where Laura um, saves Arn. And I just needed to say that because to me, that was such a significant scene. That whole, like, just them trying to escape. They had to zip line. Like, it was nuts. I loved it. That's it. No, I was just going to say it was intense. And I, I feel like this is the first time, like, not just this instance, but, like, as the book was happening we're seeing Lara as her true self yes. like we're seeing her as like all that yeah. she is she's free she's she's just who she is now she doesn't have to hide it anymore yeah and she's not like hiding anything she's not like trying to temper any part of a personality in any sense she's using all of her skills and everything that she's learned um you know as becoming a weapon which she wasn't able to do in the first book because she was pretending exactly. not to be that person so now she's right. just... exactly she pretended she like that she didn't know how to fight she didn't know how to like use a sword or anything like that but in this book she's and like... even when she was it she was holding back yeah yeah fully she's fully. like oh i had no idea i knew how to do that she's laura and yeah. so yeah laura saving Aaron from her father's prison or house whatever you want to call it um amazing and just while Arn was there, I think was pretty significant because we learned about the brother, um, and of the is it Coraline, right? Yeah. The arm wife. Yeah. Yeah. Just I loved. Wow, amazing. Okay, next. Also, like a small scene that I really liked that's adjacent to that um, comes before actually. Um, it's when they're in the, uh, what was it? It was like a store, and they're like downstairs or you know in the back store or something yeah, yeah. and Laura's there and they're kind of putting together this plan and someone doubts her and they're like see your sister like your sisters are not coming blah, blah 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 and then like they turn around and all her sisters are there like that's the good kind of cheese like I'm like yes I'm here for this like you're doubting her but they have her back yeah I think it was Jor wasn't it Jor who was like they're not coming yeah or maybe it was the grandma, because I'm pretty sure the grandma was there. Yeah, I think it might have been the grandma, but I just loved it. Like, I just love how it's like, well, you can doubt us all you want, but we don't doubt ourselves. We're, you know, thick as thieves. We're sisters, and we got each other's back type of thing. Yeah. Sorry, continuing on with, G, your, your scene that you're talking about, for me, what also, like, caught me to catch feels was when... um. Coraline decides to stay back and like obviously we don't know if she's gonna live or die but then like Arn is like wanting to just come with us and he then she's like she turns around and she's like forgive her or like something and then like 
Arna's like, why would I forgive her? She doesn't, like, she doesn't love me or she doesn't know what love is. And then that's literally what Coraline was saying. She's like, she doesn't know what love is, so just forgive her anyways. Um, so, yeah, I love that little scene because I put a little seed in his head. It's when we get our first look at the potential or, like, the interesting thing going on between Karis and his girl Zara. Yes, when... because Karis tells Aaron, sorry, um, Aaron, that make sure you get Zara out. Like, that's our deal. You need to get her out. And he's all pretending like it's just because they have this deal with this other kingdom that they're preparing the two of them. But it's like, is that it? He's another mastermind. I'm curious to know more about. Yeah, because the first thing he says, the first thing that Karis says when Zara is back with him is, are you okay? Or something like yeah. that. And I'm like, yeah, sure. Is that really what you ask? Uh, just like, you know, a regular ally? Mm, sure. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, it was it was interesting, um, to say the least. I'm curious to see where the story is gonna go, or like where it picks up in book three. Like, you know, is it gonna like take part? Like, I don't know, take place in wherever book two happens with them. Like, what happens with them? It will, it will. Book three, book three is the entire plot of book two told from Karis and Zara's perspective. What is going on on their side? Book four goes beyond that. So the new con- the technically new content only starts there, but we don't know what Karis and Zara are doing. <laughs> so it's all new to us, but it's the same timeline, the exact same timeline. So so from there, um, they well essentially um, Lara and Aaron find themselves alone in the desert. Uh, Aaron is not made for the desert, and there's a huge sandstorm. Yeah. There's a huge sandstorm. Um, their eyes, like it was so, it was just, dis- I loved how it was described because yeah. you could feel the freaking grain of salt in, uh, of salt. <laughs> it's great. <laughs> the, gra- <laughs> the grain of, of sand in their eyes, like burning and scratching and bleeding. And so, so Aaron, he was covering his eyes. And like, I just love the like self-sacrificing of like Laura not covering her eyes so that she could get them there. But like, he doesn't know. Yeah. And you're like, oh my God, the, all, the, all the little things that you do behind the scene for him that he doesn't know. <sighs> no. And it's heart. like when he like wakes up and he realizes her eyes are infected and he's like, wait, so wait, what happened? Yeah. Like. And she's like, no, 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 I'm fine, I'm fine. Like, don't worry about it. And, like, her eyes are literally infected. She cannot see shit. Right, they're swollen shut. Yeah. Yeah, no, that killed me, man. So, yeah, I'll admit that that was a good, that was a good see. <laughs> there were good moments for us. There was a little something there. Yeah. You felt a little flicker in your heart. Your heart did a little pitter-patter? That's uh, a small pitter-patter. <laughs> I did like the fact that she went out to get him water. Yeah. Right, yeah. she went on to the storm. She went back. She went day. back out. She got yeah. him to safety, yeah. and then she left again to go to the water, and then came back. Um, and then when he realized everything she'd done just then, I mean, it was the start. You know, he wasn't. You know, they weren't on good terms, but it was the start. And then from there, they end up in a. I guess, like, a village of sorts. Yeah, it's like an outpost. It's like a stop. Yeah, an outpost. And, again, like, Lara gets captured because she had a plan that just didn't turn out how she thought it would. And she gets captured, and she's literally stripped naked and, like, 
attached to a post type of thing and burning in the sun sun, burning in the sun and you're like for a moment there you're not sure that Aaron is gonna help her out were you guys anxious about that no I honestly was kind of second guessing it he wasn't gonna help her I feel like in this dialogue at one point he's like maybe I should I should just just leave her there yeah yep because okay honestly when I finished book one and started book two and like everything that happened, I'm like, how can he ever forgive her? And how yeah. can he ever tolerate her? Or how could he even like just stomach seeing her again because of all the rape and like the murders that she caused with her actions? And it's just like, how? How does he forgive her? And so like at this point, I don't like he wasn't like at all entertaining the idea of forgiving her or even like looking at her in a positive way. So like I kind of was like, okay, fine, I guess you'll just leave her here because that's just... I expect it of you at this point. Yeah. So he doesn't actually leave her. No, he doesn't. Um, he doesn't. And then they manage to arrive at their, like, meeting point thing. Is it Karis that's there? Someone's there. Is it Karis? No, Zara. Zara's there. But Karis is there as Zara. well, right? Like, he stumbles upon them? Karis isn't there. No, just Zara. Zara is there because she's related to the Empress. Okay. Um, so they make it there, and then she's supposed to stay, because her grand plan is to go kill her father. Um, and Aaron is supposed to go his separate ways with his, like... Hold on, you didn't say why they were, they were at Volcata to get, um... Oh, like, yeah, you're right. ...an army, yeah. but that wasn't the case. But instead, um, Aaron ended up getting supplies from Zara for the people of Ithacana, because they need food, because they're stuck on an island. Anyways, yes. Now it's time for them to uh, go back to Ithacana. First, what happens is Lara decides that she's going to go and try and kill her dad. And she's going to leave Aaron. Like, that's where their paths are supposed to divert. But then Aaron panics when he realizes Lara's leaving him. And he pulls her back. And he's like, no, I forgive you. You're coming with me. They don't end up in Ithacana yet. They go to um, where, her, where his grandmother lives because they plan to claim that back. And that's, like, Gamir. I don't. I was listening to the audiobooks. So I don't know. Oh my god, the whole thing with like giving. Wait, is that in the first book that she gives the grandma like laxative? The first book, the the laxative. Oh, that's laxative. Right. The first book. That is so funny. Yeah, <laughs> it's the shits. <laughs> yeah, that was great. She comes out. It's the shits. <laughs> but um, funny. as they're going to claim Gamir, Gamire, however the heck you say it. That's when she volunteers to go to Snake Island to go through the gate. Yeah, sorry, to go through the bridge because um, everyone else, they're kind of needed. And Arn can't go because he isn't expendable. But she is. She feels like she is. And she decides, all right, I'm going to go. And she literally almost dies. Um, but she makes it up there. And then they end up claiming uh, Gamire. And she gets injured. Yeah, there. and this is her first, well, sort of, uh, time back you know, amongst the Ithikanians, whatever the fuck they're called. Uh, yep, and Ithikanians. It, it is not uh, a jolly time. Uh, they do not trust her. They do not understand why they can't kill a bitch. And um, even though the king is back, she got him back and it's not enough for these people. Which makes sense, because, like, obviously their whole families have been, like, you know. We don't even know what the heck was going on with Taryn, or Taryn, the... Um... 
True. Aaron's cousin. Yeah, yeah. She we find her at the top once they go through the the gate into the bridge that she's been captured for as long as, you know, the kingdom's been under, you know, the control of King Silas and so we don't know what happened to her. Didn't she die though? Like they assumed she died. Yeah, assumed dead, but then we realize that she's not dead. She was tortured instead, which Yeah. One would argue is not much, you know, better. Um, so they come up with this plan to retake, uh, the islands. Is it the islands? Like, they're trying to retake the islands that surround the bridge. Yeah, I think they're going one by one. Yeah. And they have this plan. Part of it involves Zara. Part of it involves Karis. And they think everything is going as it should. But then they're like, it's a little bit too easy. Something's wrong. What's wrong, Seth? But you're skipping over. Well, I mean, I'm doing my best, okay? No, but I'm saying, before <laughs> any of that happens, Lara gets really injured. She tries to stitch herself up because she knows no one would care to do it for her. Arn comes, and he helps her with that. They finally, you know, acknowledge the feelings that they still have towards one another and have sex again. I'm literally um, reading it right now. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't it on a table as well? Like... From behind. Fact check on table. <laughs> so I would that. just That's like important. to throw this in there. And it's Aaron. Aaron says, why didn't you ask for help? And Laura says, because I don't have the right to ask any of them for anything. Okay. Pitter patter. Pitter patter. My heart. <laughs> and then he says, you need to stop doing this. And she says, doing what? And he says, throwing yourself into harm's way. And then he says also that it doesn't make a difference. Like, they're still going to hate you anyway, so stop doing That's it. exactly what she said. It won't change anything other than eventually getting you killed. Yeah. Yeah, so I wasn't ahead of myself. Yes, you because... were. Because what no, happened? No, because they are celebrating that night. They're celebrating their hurt. win of Gamir. And then after, the morning after, they go off, they succeed, and they win back whatever they want. But they to leave get. her behind. Yes, it was they too leave easy. He leaves behind. her behind. And, like, what kills me again was the scream that she, like, uttered. And he heard it. And he's like, no, I got to think of my people. And, yeah. And that's when they go and realize it's too easy. And then they figure out that he's, King Silas is actually attacking their secret island. So she puts herself in a fucking boat because she's like, I will save Ithikana. And I know that the people of Ithikana are in danger. And I will help with all that I am, and from that point on, I mean, from, uh, to be honest, page one of this book, but from that point on is, like, the big climax of the book where yeah. I was fucking tearing up. Same. Um, so someone wants to uh, explain uh, what happens in that section of the book? Sure. Please. I'll do it really quickly. So basically, um, she makes it there, and she realizes that her father's kingdom has serious amounts of soldiers and they're there trying to rip down the gate that protects the civilians in Arenal. Um, she decides to challenge her father to a duel and uh, things happen and she gets injured, but she does ultimately win, killing her father. Um, oh, okay. You're skipping over way no, too No, I'm yeah. not. Chillax. And then the intense things happen because people are dying like... You know, his people, like King Silas's people, are trying to make it into the gate, but they're trying to rip it down at the same time. So during that time, she's fighting her father, and then he dies, and then, like, they're left with, like, the damage of, like, what they have to do because the sharks are coming, 
and like the gate's still trying to be pulled because like the boats are trying to leave and then like the gate gets wedged and she falls into the water and then that's where the angst starts yeah so (laughs) essentially um they're like holding hands through the gate right and she's like no 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 let me go and he's like trying to find a way to make her go through in vain yeah because he even finds a hole under like the gate and he's like come down come through it and like she gets caught and then because of her belt and like he's like what the heck and then she becomes unconscious because like she can't breathe underwater obviously and i remember this girl does not swim swim. (laughs) and she is in the water panicking and letting herself die because she knows she knows there's no hope for her at this point and he's desperate and he's panicking and like in that moment his kingdom is not even you know on his brain he's just fully focused on this woman that he loves and who's dying and how does she make it through i don't remember he pulls her through he pulls her through the thing yeah he unhooks her belt she comes through but like for me what was tragic about it yes was like the whole like i'm so like she's like i did the best i could your kingdom is safe your people are safe i can die in peace now but also, it was more so, like, she told Anna, like, no, sorry, Anna told her when she was going onto the boat to duel with her father that, you know, it's kind of a one-way trip. Like, you're not going to make it through. If you fall into the water, you're going to die because the sharks are going to eat you up. So, like, she went down to that boat knowing she's going to die. And, like, she just didn't care if that meant, you know, if the Kana and, like, its people will be safe. Um, so, yeah, that was really sad And me. the real full circle, like, I just... Because, like, obviously the sharks are a huge part of it. And, like, they're scary. But in this book, like, it's a huge moment because the sharks actually don't go for her. And Ithikana has this, like, myth that whoever goes in the water and is not eaten by a shark. Well, okay, hold on. So they're criminals. They throw in the water and usually they get eaten by the sharks. Mm -hmm. But if they do not get eaten by the sharks, it means that they have been forgiven by uh, the land and like the people must forgive that person their crimes. Can I just read this part of the book, please? You want me to cry? Sure. So um she said my father's dead he's dead and he can't hurt you or ithacana anymore karis will be king and there will be a chance for mardrina and ithacana to be allies in truth for the first time ithacana has a chance at a better future but it needs you to make it happen don't sacrifice that for me and he says but i need you i love you and i've never stopped not once not even when i should have since the day we met there has never been anyone but you and there will never be anyone but you you are my queen and i need you and then like she legit like dies right she legit stops breathing and like i can only imagine what he's going through because like he probably is like i didn't tell her this earlier i left her on gamir and like oh my gosh like she's dying she's dead in my arms and like yo it was tragic i was like sobbing my eyes so now i can talk about what marge and i said in our messengers chat Go ahead. That I do not even remember. So, CSF, don't feel bad. I forget everyone. And well, everything. I'm kind of sad I wasn't a part of this chat, but I know I read it after you. You read it after us, yeah. Um, so, yeah. when I was taught, like, I wanted to talk about it with you girls, but I couldn't. I legit was, like, telling my poor mother, who has not read these books and probably never will. I'm there, like, stressing and, like, I'm crying and yelling at her and telling her what's going on. She's like, 
And then she's like, but how would he ever forgive her? I would never forgive her. I'm like, yes, I know, but that's why you got to read the second book because it's just like, oh my gosh. So I said, just finished Trader Queen. And Marge said, that ending, huh? And I said, it was amazing. She said, it had me tearing up. And then, which I find very interesting, I said, it gave me Edward bringing back Bella in uh, Breaking Dawn vibes when he was like, literally, tr- like, bringing her back. Like, he, she had delivered Renesmee. Uh- And he's like, and he's like literally injecting her with his venom, like desperate as hell. So, and then Marge said, I was getting more Aelin self-sacrificing and Rowan being like, not on my watch. How funny is that we got two different like books, but technically it's the same thing. Yeah. This gave me big Aelin vibes. Like Lara and Aelin they would get along they would they would get along and understand each other yeah. and their decisions yeah because like they're both so big on like self-sacrifice and like i don't know like all the intense guilt they feel with like all the traumas they face and yeah i would think they would get along really well for me like what was so angsty was like sorry i was gonna say what was so angsty is like she he never told her he i don't know that like he want like loves her up until that point so like it's kind of like he feels like he's scrambling for like all this lost time, like because she's dying. So like I don't know. I just like that whole scene and the way it was done and the way it was written was so well done in the sense where like I felt all the emotions, I felt all like the what ifs, I felt all like, um, you know what was gonna happen and like what was inevitable. Again, it was a, it was inevitable. She was gonna have to sacrifice herself in some way, shape, or form, um, to like I guess earn. I don't know, some goodness back in the eyes of Ithacanian people. So, yeah. yeah. I will say, I just feel the need to specify that Aaron, he was, you know, his kingdom came first for the most part until that moment. Yeah. My man Rowan from day one, he <laughs> was just my wife not not on my fucking watch not on my fucking okay, watch okay but the s- circumstances are different here because rowan didn't really have a home or a kingdom that he believed in up he until did. he met he just didn't fucking care he didn't he didn't even care in the cause that his wife was vi- fighting for as much as he cared about his fucking wife the second that she fucking disappeared he was like fuck this war I'm going to take my to retrieve my fucking wife. Yeah, but like the love Devotion. for his kingdom was dependent <laughs> on the love that he had for Aelin and the bond he had with her. And that's wrong? How? That's not wrong. With Aaron, Aaron, sorry, he had this intense bond with Ithacana his before country. he even met Lara. So Well, that tells you something, okay? <laughs> does the man love his job or does the man love his wife? They're both Rowan great characters, and they're both well-written, and I, I do enjoy both story arcs. I love that she's arguing with herself, like, comparing them herself, and she's, like, defending her decision herself. <laughs> yeah, why are you comparing? They're so different. They're different species. <laughs> well, I just want to make sure that our listeners know that Rowan is Rowan. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Rowan is that Rowan. Aaron love him. could never. <laughs> Aaron could never. As much as I love him, he could never. He, he had a strong sense of duty. And that comes from, like, what he was also taught as a young child because he inherited this kingdom as he was young. And, like, he honestly believed that, like, his duty was to his people and, like, to the bridge. All right. I feel like this is the perfect 
uh, segue into the monster. What was the monster of the story, girls? What do you think it was for Aaron and Lara? Well, okay. My first one is actually not for either of them. It's for their country in general oh, and okay. some well their world in general and something that I think is reflected in our own world. And that's the bullshit wars against like around trade and you know, oh, I'm going to cut you off of this that you need because I want that and I'm mad at this country and you are involved with that country so I'm going to cut you the off. Stupid and... politics. Yeah. Yes. Yes. This book was full of that and it really showed how in the end everyone hurts. Yeah. As a result and no one is a true winner because the thing is like you could say that Ithikana had power but it was so strained. Like it was so difficult for them to hold yeah. on to it. Every second they're fighting for like control. And I love how making one decision like okay let's do this for that country inevitably meant making enemies of another country mm-hmm. type of thing or, yeah. or withholding something from a country that they had been allies with like it just nothing was simple nothing was an easy decision it was always like you're gonna hurt someone yeah. by trying to help someone yeah. else no i agree with that and i feel like we kind of see Aaron try to change that in the sense where like from the beginning he tells his people like I dream of like a kingdom united I dream of like us being one whole and like um yeah that's just what he wants from the beginning but he doesn't think that's possible because of like the selfishness of people of humanity and like it just doesn't it's not something that they see it like as a possibility if you get what I'm trying to say didn't um his parents try like aim for that his mom. his mom yeah his, his mom, mom tried his for it his father didn't want that because he knew that that was all that Ithikana had if they do not have that they're literally just a small ass country in the middle of the ocean everyone's gonna trample them so he didn't want that but the mother was working towards like you know because she didn't want their uh hidden country to be hidden anymore because it was hurting them yeah <laughs> that's that's part of it as well it's like it wasn't helping them. They, it was, you know, those people were st- starving. During war tides, they weren't able to yeah. get out. Like, It was just a brutal environment, too. Like, you brought up the war tides, and, like, that basically meant, like, you know, hurricane season and, like, you know, was it hurricane season or the opposite? It was hurricane year. Literally. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm trying to, what do war tides mean when they can go out? No, war, war tides, tides they cannot they, go war out. War tides is, is yeah. like, rough no. So, like. Basically, it's just, like, the environment was brutal. So, like, what are they fighting for? Like, what are you fighting to keep at this point? And it's just, like, they're just fighting to survive. Well, that's the whole argument is why are we holding on to this? Should we hold on to this? And I feel like this kind of, for me, this goes into Aaron's, like, I don't know. I feel like I'm being, no, I'm not being nitpicky. So his his monster, it's in both books. It's his lack of confidence or his lack of um, belief that he can rule and like I think it's like maybe it stems from like his parents dying really early on and like him not being properly prepared to be king but I feel like he always second guesses his decisions and like you see that a lot in book one but in book two it comes into play when like he second guesses like Lara obviously he knows his kingdom would never accept her because of what she's done and like um 
it's just like I don't know I just feel like he just second guessed and had a lot of self-doubt um and I feel like him losing Lara kind of pushed that more to the forefront as well because he believed in her and believed in like you know her words at that point in book one and like now he's like he kind of doubts himself in the sense where like he saw things in a different way than they actually were with Lara and that comes into play when he tries to build his kingdom again in book two and win his kingdom back so maybe this is me misinterpreting the book but I feel like Ara never wanted to be a leader. No, I agree with you. I, I didn't get the vibe from him that he actually wanted to be. I queen. think he would have been very happy if he would have let Anna be, like, queen. And just, like, he didn't. And so I wonder if his self-doubt that you're talking about yeah. is more so just him looking for excuses to not be what he doesn't want to be. Hmm. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's what it is, like, bottom line. He he believed himself to be in the wrong place, the yeah. wrong role. And so he was looking for reasons to justify his feelings because he never wanted to be in that role. And, you know, mm-hmm. that, I guess, is a monster in and of itself. The fact that, like, Anna would have made a great leader. Yeah. But he couldn't give that role to her. Unless he was da- dead because he was born first. And that's just how but it But then works, again, but... she also has a treaty with um, Herondal or whoever you say it um, to marry that prince. So, like, I don't know necessarily who would lead unless, like, she drops that treaty. I don't know. Um, I mean, for Lara, we basically touched upon it a lot. And it was her guilt. Her upbringing. Like, the way she was brought up and made to believe these lies and... Like, if that wasn't the case, this we wouldn't have a book. No, you're right. Her upbringing was pretty harsh. And, like, she's fed so many lies as a child. And, like, you know, she had to, like, be tortured to be, like, I guess, quote-unquote, you know. Trained. Brought anew. Like, mm-hmm. broken arms. She was, like, like Aelin, you know, she was forced to fight with a broken arm. Like, she was, like, going through all these tests with, like, poisons and things like that. Anyways, her, yes, her upbringing was pretty bad. Um but I had another monster, and that was obviously what we talked about, was her guilt and her savior complex. Um, because it did put her in a lot of positions where, like, she was vulnerable, and she didn't necessarily care if she survived or not. Just, you know, she wanted to not be forgiven, but to be able to forgive herself for what she did, because she did carry a lot of self-hatred um, and self-loathing throughout, like, the whole entirety of this book. And, like, she, because of her need to atone, like, and make things right, she is very ruthless, and she doesn't really spare herself and like that was just like I don't know she just wasn't looking past her need to fix her mistakes so I actually have a question the book ends pretty I wouldn't say abrupt okay I didn't want to say abruptly but it did end (laughs) abruptly how do you see the several months after the book end like do you think that she's like okay yeah well I literally died for this country so I'm good I paid my price or like how do you see that? Like, I would have, I would love to have gotten, like, an epilogue. I personally, to answer my own question, I think she has a lot of self-work to do. Oh, yeah. It doesn't end there for Lara. Like, just because I don't think, I mean, Ithacana might, I honestly think Ithacana might forgive her before she forgives herself. Yeah, she has not forgiven herself, and I don't, I don't know if she ever could. I just feel like she's caused so much, like, so many deaths and, like, so many other traumas to other people that, like, I don't 
I would love for her to forgive herself because she honestly, I understood where she was coming from and how it happened. But yeah, she's just full of self-hate. I don't know. It doesn't sit well. Like it would never sit well for like what she did. How I think we already talked. I was going to say talk about like forgiveness. Like, did you like the progression of it in the story? And like, how did you feel about like Aaron's forgiveness, Laura's own forgiveness? I think we've already established she hasn't forgiven herself. Um, the people's forgiveness. How did you feel about how that went about? I don't know if we saw the people forgiving her yet. They mentioned the whole myth. The shark thing. The shark. It's a good start to forgiveness. No, it's two things. Well, yeah, it's a an easy, you know, plot device yeah. to make sure that it ends happily, which I'm not against. Right. But also, you know, people do believe in those things. Yeah. And people have faith in those things. And so to me, it, it, it's not that far it's of not a, reach a f- right. to be like, yeah, they believe in this story and they've, you know, every criminal has gone through it and like she's the one that survived type of thing and like yeah. they see that as like a sign you know i can see it yeah yeah and obviously she had already proven herself before then like that was kind of just the last thing yeah right. i agree with that but for me i don't really ne- like i don't know i'm pretty sure a lot of people feel this way i don't really necessarily equate forgiveness with earning back trust and they forgive her, I think, but at the same time, she hasn't earned anyone's trust back. And that includes Aaron. Aaron, sorry. I just, like, I don't... How do you not doubt her words? How do you, like... I don't know. I just feel like it's Who hurt like you, a Seth? long road ahead for everyone involved in this scenario. <laughs> um, I actually think it was the opposite for me. I think trust came first, forgiveness after in this case. I agree with you that usually it's the opposite, but I actually think that she was proving that she was trustworthy as far as, like, I will fight this war with you in the second book. Yeah. But they hadn't forgiven her acts. I think it it happened the other way around. I think it was the same for Aaron. I think he was slowly gaining back his trust that, like, okay, she's wanting to help us out. And then he forgave her. Okay. I think. I can see that. I just... For me, it's, like, something I would struggle with, personally. Like, yeah. I, I, I physically, mentally, emotionally do not understand how you could trust her again, despite her, like, going into this book with her best intentions and wanting to be forgiven and wanting to earn trust back. I understand that. But at the same time, she, like, ruined lives. And, like, lives were lost because of her actions. And I just, I don't know. It's something that, like, I think it's still going to be something that they work towards. Yes, maybe he does trust her. Yes, maybe they do trust her. But I still feel like it's still something that is actively working on. Do you not forgive her, though? Are you the one that's not forgiving? No, of course I forgive her because I see where she's coming from. I understand her. We, as readers, are in her head. We know what she's going through mentally and physically. Um, so I forgive her. Of course I do. I love her. I want dinner with her. I forgave her in book one. (laughs) Same. I think, I think bottom line is, um, earning someone's trust takes actions. Yeah. Earning someone's forgiveness takes only a decision. Like you can just choose to forgive someone. Damn. Write that on a card. I know Marge. You need to patent that saying, trademark it. (laughs) But it, no, right? Like she was putting it, putting in the actions. Yeah. She was, she was showing, not telling. Yeah, exactly. 
Yeah. Exactly. I, okay. I can see it that way. Yeah. All right. Are we done? <sighs> yeah. We are tired. We are recording way later than we. Sorry, guys. <laughs> It's my fault. It's okay. Honestly, I I would do anything for the these two books here. I loved them wholeheartedly. Um, yeah. Pat on the back to us for doing a whole episode without notes. For real. <laughs> I mean, I had my notes every fully disorganized. We love um, chaos. I'll probably I'll probably be editing this and being like, oh my god, we forgot that. Scene. Yeah. And oh my god, we forgot to mention that. And oh my god, and I'll. No, I'll hate you know myself. what's hilarious I had to it was when I went back through our messenger chat that I realized oh my god like yeah she the, the ending was pretty serious like she almost died I, I don't know I love that trope you know when like the person supposedly dies but like the obviously best like doesn't actually die like the death trope ever. without the dying well yes that's you have to specify that. The death trope. Without the death. But they don't die. I love it. It's just like the angst is so great because like, you know, like they're dead. You have, you have to imagine your life without that person. And then I love that, you know, she magically revives, you know, like she's not dead. She ain't dead. Just to get that angst of like the other one feeling like they've just been ripped apart and they're bleeding out, you know emotion in front of your face i love it i love it i'm a masochist but i love it remember that witch from uh, immortals after dark that was just thriving off of bowen's oh. uh, angst that's us <laughs> i i yeah i'm maintaining the opinion that that is us yes that was us. she is us we are her yeah we love the pain we love what pain can we say we love the pain all right so I think this is it for this episode. Um, I hope you enjoyed it. Um, I hope you enjoyed these books. Um, you should not be listening to this anyway if you, if haven't, you haven't read, read it. Because <laughs> we just spoiled everything and it's honestly a great duet. So you should not do that and you should not spoil it for yourself. If you read these books and you want to let us know how you feel about them or you have anything you want to add to our conversation or you want to shout at us, how could you forget this scene? Uh, reach us online. <laughs> Shout at us through, you know, online, online. the internet. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at the RTM Pod, on Instagram at Romancing the Monsters Podcast. You can email us if you prefer the long form. You know, you really want to tell us everything we forgot. Uh, you can email us at Romancing the Monsters Podcast at gmail.com. We also have a TikTok, which is Romancing the Monsters Pod. Um, we are also on YouTube. Uh, just search the name of our podcast and we shall pop up. Um, and Nate, you can find me online as well. <laughs> <laughs> Would you believe that? <laughs> um, I'm on Twitter and Instagram at foes and lovers. And you can find me, G, on Gabby is Booked on Twitter and Instagram. And she also has a small business. Would you like to give it a little shout out? Where can people find it? Um, sure. It's called Within the Magic on um, Instagram and WithinTheMagic.com. Um, we have a lot of fandomy and bookish stuff that you can find there. Um, pretty diverse, so I'm sure we have something that you'd like. Yay. And you can find me us on both Instagram and Twitter at But This Book. And you can find me, Seth, on both Instagram and Twitter at Pros with Woes. And also, 
Um, if you are feeling the urge to leave us a rating or review on any podcast platform, it would mean the world to us. Um, so yeah, if you would like to or have the time to do that for us, it would mean the world. So see you next week, hopefully. Bye. Bye. Bye.